the day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable Word of God? Glad to have you in the podcast today. Thanks for tuning in. And I am returning once again to our yearly Bible reading and some thoughts that I've jotted down as I read through it myself. I know that many of you are literally reading and feeding in the same pastures I am as we go through the days and the weeks and the months of 2022. And uh, this just recently, we have been reading through the book of Deuteronomy, and I know many of you are glad you're done with Leviticus and even Numbers to a certain degree. And uh, But please be assured that God put those things there for our benefit and our blessing, even though sometimes trying to just read those names that are so crazy names that what we're con- uh, 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 comfortable with or used to, uh, are so strange to us. One of these days I'm going to go through uh, those names in the Bible and uh, share with you about things to look look for that you might be able to glean some spiritual benefit from what the Lord is doing in those genealogies. As a matter of fact, maybe uh, the next time we have a podcast, we'll look at the significance of the genealogies in the Bible. Why are they even there? What is their purpose? Why is it something that God thought was important to put in the Bible? And we'll be taking a look at that. But for today, in today's podcast, I want to share with you a pastor scripture that just as a pastor resonated in my heart, because I know there's a lot of people that this is reflective of. It's almost like looking into a picture of the condition of some people's hearts when you look at this passage. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 1. You've already read it. It should be fairly fresh to you, although we've gone by it a little bit. But it's found in verses 19 to 33. And I'm not going to read the entire passage. But as I uh, told you in the last podcast, Moses is preparing uh, for the end of his ministry. God's already told him he's not going to get to go into the promised land uh, because he did not sanctify literally set the word of God as preeminent and important in the wilderness when he struck the the rock when God told him to speak to the rock and God said because you didn't honor my word and sanctify me and make uh, set me apart as holy before the people you're not allowed to enter the promised land and so Moses is given final instructions to the people of God to the Israelites and he's recalling a lot of the things that God has done and what I noticed when I read this passage was something that is frequently an attitude of the heart of many people who experienced the same disobedience that the Israelites did. In chapter 1 and verse 19 of Deuteronomy, the, Moses is, is recounting what happened in the wilderness. And he said, And we, when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And then he tells about coming against the Amorites and uh, then saying, I want you to go into the land and I want you to take it and I've given it to you as a possession. And Moses recalls the fact that even when they sent the 12, uh, 12 scouts ahead and they brought back the fruit and they demonstrated the provision of the, the land that God had given to them, that they came back and they caused the heart of the people to murmur. Verse 26 of Deuteronomy 1 says, Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And ye murmured, listen to this verse, verse 27, And ye murmured in your tents, you complained and said, Because the Lord hated us. 
God hates us, is what they were saying. He has brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Uh, and Moses incredulously is relating to this, saying, are you kidding, uh, 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 relating this to them, saying, are you kidding me? Uh, verse 30, he said, the Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Verse 31, and in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bear thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye came into this place. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in in fire by night to show you by what way you should go and in a cloud by day. It's almost unbelievable the hard-headedness and the obstinacy of the children of Israel. But you know what? The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians that all these things were put here for our example. They are here to teach us. They are to share, uh, shed some light on the condition of the human soul. And what you find there is a snapshot of a spiritual struggle that many people go through. You may be going through it right now. And that is this struggle. It's that of refusing to obey God, although you have seen him provide, you've seen him lead you in your steps, you've seen him protect you supernaturally, you've seen him meet your needs in time past. And yet, in spite of all that, if you're not careful in the rebellion of your own heart, you can come to believe that God doesn't love you or even unbelievably think that he hates you. Isn't that what they said in verse 27? They were complaining in their tents. The Lord hates us. That's why he brought us here. Um, that's a startling thing for us who are reading it so far removed from the situation, reading what God did for them. But I can't tell you how many times have expressed that exact same sentiment to me, that in their rebellion and in their disobedience, they come to me. And these are sometimes church-going people, uh, people that are somewhat acquainted with God. They may not be very deep in their relationship with Him, but these are people that will come to me and they have glaring areas of rebellion and disobedience in their heart and they find themselves going through a terrible spiritual struggle and they're saying well I don't think God loves me God hates me God's not concerned about me God's making my life miserable no my friend uh, the fact of the matter is you've made your own life miserable because of your abject disobedience to God it's startling to me and what happens is people so frequently take their eyes off Christ and their fear of the unknown, their fear of their future, their fear of what might or might not happen, their fear causes them to be paralyzed spiritually when all they have to do is remember and reflect on how God has done so much to you and for you in the past. Verse 29, Moses said, Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. Moses said, don't be afraid of those people in the, in the promised land. Don't be afraid of those giants. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the New Testament says. God has done so much. And at some point, you have to trust him that he's going to lead you through. Verse 30 and 31 
the Lord, your God, goes before you. He'll fight for you. Uh, Verse 31, in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord carried you along. Yet in this thing, verse 32, you did not believe the Lord your God. Listen, folks, we need to trust today. Uh, We need to be absolutely convinced and confirmed in the understanding that God is not some distant, uncaring God. What are you going through today? What is your struggle? What is the thing that you are fearful about in the future? What's paralyzing you spiritually so that you might even entertain the thought that God hates you because he's brought you to this position or this spot or circumstance? I'm going to tell you something right now, folks. God makes all things to work together for our good. Romans chapter 8 confirms that. And I want to challenge you today. Don't ever get into that syndrome where you're going to, that's aptly named, isn't it? Not S-Y-N, S-I-N, syndrome, uh, where you end up blaming God wrongly uh, for your misery when it may be that you've just failed to obey Him and to take Him at His word. God's word is faithful. It's true. It's just. He's watching out for you and he's carrying you along. He's done so much in the past. Why would he fail to do it now? God bless you. 